0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The rap right here on the Fike Media Network. Happy Monday to you all as we kick off a brand new week in WWE as the road to SummerSlam continues. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my right-hand man, the wise man, the sometimes advocate for Vaughn Wagner, and Salty, as always, not perky so much. Salty, always, on the free timeline. I bring to you, as usual, Scott Young. Welcome back, Salty. Well...
1: Keela, it's uh me and you don't have beef no more, so it is back to being a pleasure chopping it up, talking all things WWE with you. But I do got beef with WWE. You know, I had a nice vacation, spent some time with the family, took the kids out in the water. You know, let them get that salt in the face. You know, let them swim with the fishes. And I come home and guy dagged it all out on to Do the shows? I gotta watch those and those. We'll talk about that. But oh man, Vince McMahon, this guy. I mean. <laughs> Good Lord. I mean, thankfully, you brought a guest on, you know, and it almost got me perky, but then I remembered you got to pay $5 for the perky Patreon. Join the Patreon, (laughs) a lot of great content, $5, but you brought a guest on and it almost got me there, but I'm really excited to have this conversation. This is going to be a a great, good show.
0: So you're operating at 20% perky, correct? 22. (laughs) An exact
2: number. (laughs) <laughs> see if we can get that up to twenty five by the end of the show. We'll see. That's our goal, folks. We're gonna
0: check. We're gonna check the battery continuously to see if that perky meter goes up. Like, but, like the speaking, meter. <laughs> but speaking, but speaking. Of swimming with the fishes. So as you said this, did you find two dimes by any chance? In <laughs> hey,
1: let me tell you, I did not find two dimes, um, but uh, I did find a couple a couple rings and a chain. And uh, my son got a couple souvenirs. So we did get that, but we did
2: not find uh, two dimes. It sounds like you find some of the stuff he was wearing on the show.
1: (laughs) I (laughs) cannot, I will not and cannot confirm that, but my son did have a, the tribal chief is looking very fly. Boy, oh boy.
0: Now, that's slightly morbid, but at least he's fashionable. (laughs) (laughs) He's fashionable.
2: He's going to be a badass, he's going to be a badass at school wearing a dead man's ring. So, you know.
0: (laughs) Where'd you get the rings from? Oh, I found it in the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Preschool is going to be lit for the tribal chief. Let me tell you, he's going to be at the head of his table, rocking the ring, the dawn of preschool. I cannot wait for that to happen for the tribal chief. But that third voice you hear is someone we have missed on this show for the last few months, always like passing through every now and then. And he's back here on a hell of a week that was supposed to be quiet, but got loud at the very last minute, a part of the Fikin Media family and the rap crew as well. I bring to you once again, Stephen Conway. Welcome back, Stephen.
2: Thank you. I'm very happy to be here and, and I'm happy to be talking about some interesting in-ring action and then more importantly this very critical outside of the ring stuff i mean this is this could end up being a very big week if we uh, we look back in a couple months this could be something resembling a turning point in this whole story possibly and uh, i'm glad we can be here to talk about it and and then uh, also some of the kayfabe uh, stuff too but this this is heavy stuff Keila.
0: It is really heavy stuff, and we're talking about the latest scandal surrounding Vince McMahon and the hush payments made behind the scenes in WWE over the last 16 or more years. And to say it's not surprising would be an understatement. It's very unsurprising because we have been knowing about this, but to see it in print, to read the descriptions of what has happened behind the scenes regarding female talent being put in incredibly difficult positions in order to maintain their spot on TV and the payouts $7.5 million for one person three years ago. And this is around the me too times a movement. So this was fairly recent in terms of paying off someone to make sure they kept quiet about past dealings in WWE. And this all, and this all revolves around the latest Wall Street Journal article that dropped on Friday morning detailing 12 million dollars paid out over 16 years to four different women. And the difference this time around is that this is talent from the main roster. And I know that a lot of fans are trying to do their own investigation, trying to find the people that are working for the company around that time frame. Please don't do that. Can you imagine reading your story and you know the details and it's being replayed out in black and white? Don't tag people don't ask people it's none of our business if they choose to break that nda and tell their truth let them do that on their own time if there's someone that is not locked down to an nda and they have a story to show a story to share let them tell their story in their own time so don't press people into getting the truth we know we can read the tea leaves you can see through the lines just don't go after people to find the truth it's very classless and kind of lowbrow in terms of trying to discover who did what, when, where and how. I'm just not into that. But as we dig deeper into the story, you wonder to yourself is this the breaking point? Because clearly somebody from WWE from that board is leaking information to the Wall Street Journal and I don't blame them because apparently you want this man out of power and I don't blame you for that either. And when the first news broke a few weeks ago, Vince came out on Smackdown saying we're in this together. He makes a cameo Europe here on some Monday Night Raw to let us know John Cena's coming back next week. He tries it again a third time to introduce John Cena himself. It was interesting that Cena did not share any space events during his return a couple of weeks ago but the brazenness every after every new story that breaks, he comes out there, he gets the vanity pop and the fans cheer for him yes. and it's on the fan base to say when is enough enough? Can you separate the man from the character at this point? Because your culture. Signing on the behavior in a lot of ways. You pay your ticket to, to these shows, granted, and you can do whatever you like, but please realize, especially when you're watching a Monday Night Raw for three hours and you're sitting through commercials and entrances and backstage stuff and more commercials and stuff of that nature, please realize that you are cheering for a guy that produces a show that co signs on puking during hour three. Are you not entertained by that? If you're not, then please don't put this man on a pedestal and say he's a god because he's not. So your reactions dictate how much he comes out there for the pop, the vanity pop. And I hope that corporate sponsors and Netflix, for example, they cut ties. That's the best way to say enough is enough because wrestling should not be immune to stuff like this permeating the industry. This is a billion dollar business, and it should be treated as such by cleaning up the toxicity that is really running rapid in WWE over the last 30 or more years, because I can imagine the list of women that have been that have been harassed under Vince's watch and Johnny's for that matter as well. So, Scott, can you please go into detail regarding your thoughts on this latest news article that dropped courtesy of The Wall Street Journal? And what do you think the board will do ultimately? And what will fans do as more information drops regarding Vince's hush payments to at least four women, if not more at this point?
1: Keila, first off, I want to say that was really well put. Everything you said was, I think, just spot on. Um, just about the crowd reaction, and you know how this is really enabling him, and and really, it's a continuous thing. And and I said this off the air. I, he's he's coming back. He's going to come back, and the reason he's going to come back is there hasn't been that shift. You know. There is the you know you separate the man from the character, but at what point does that stop and I think that's that's long past gone once this I mean this article this is this should be the death nail of everything because uh, this is essentially saying we we know who it is we are not we're not gonna release their names, but we know who it is and this to me this is this is the point where I think we were gonna start seeing a shift I, I mean it has to be I i I don't know. I don't know what else WWE, I don't know what actions they can take, but you know, the longer this holds out, it's, I feel like whenever the bottom drops, it's just going to be a big, big drop. So this, I mean, I I honestly, I don't know. I don't know what you do, what steps you take. Um, This is a, a disgusting situation. As, I mean, that, that's that's the best way I can put it. It's a disgusting situation and everything you said about finding out who the victims were and just invading the privacy and, and doing things that are completely unnecessary and unhelpful to the situation. I, I just, I loved everything you said and I, I, I just want to, I second everything and just go back and listen to what she said again. That was very well put.
0: Thank you. I appreciate the kind words and it's just, it's icky. You know, every time that I read the article, I just feel like, is this real? And it is, and it's not surprising. We've been new for a very long time. And now you get to see in detail how pervasive this has been for a very long time now. And I wonder, is this happening in the here and now behind the scenes? We know about the corporate level, but what about the talent going through this behind the scenes? And... I can only imagine and it's 2022 and we're going back to a time period of 15, 16 years ago when we saw how women were were presented on WWE television. You can read between the lines. You can see these storylines not being too far away from the reality of the situation and that's what really makes all of this that much more disturbing. So Stephen, what is your take on this latest scandal surrounding Vince and will this actually be the moment that he steps down completely from WWE someone in that board might be his own family might be Stephanie might be Triple H might be Nick Khan saying enough is enough it's time to move this company into the 21st century in terms of being a modern wrestling promotion that is above the carny shit once and for all
2: I have my theories about who it is behind the scenes, but I don't have any proof or anything, but you're absolutely right. Someone on that board, probably plural uh, people on that board, want him gone and realize that he is a detriment going forward to the company and he needs to go. That is a challenge because of the way the business is set up, the way WWE's business is set up. I should be specific. They cannot vote him out. Vince has controlled the voting shares in a, such a way that the, that even if the entire board, which is down one member because someone resigned this week, and uh, probably because they didn't want to have anything to do with all this anymore, the, they cannot, even if they were unanimous, vote the man out. They don't have that kind of voting power. So anything to remove Vince McMahon would have to come from outside Of the companies influencing him. Because if Vince decides to dig in his heels and say, that's it, I'm just going to plug my ears and push forward, which is, I mean, we're talking about a man who's a friend of and an associate with Donald Trump, who's made a life out of plugging his ears and plowing forward in the face of all criticism and logic. They really can't remove him. The only way would be if the business was hurt enough that he was worried about his own wallet and his own payout. I've been saying for a long time, I think that Nick Khan is there to sell the company. This guy's a deal maker. That's what his job has always been. He's not interested in running a company for years and years. He was brought in because he has connections with multinational entertainment conglomerates. And he talks to those people before he was, he talked to them before he was with WWE. He talks to them afterwards. His job is to eventually sell this thing. If Vince is costing everybody tens, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars because they're hurting the company, then that is the kind of thing that can push the guy out. What's going to be interesting to see is the contortions this company goes through to keep him in the creative position. Now, the last time, the last round of Controversy had to do with the paralegal that we know now. We don't, you know, not saying anybody's name, but the paralegal who was paid extra to basically have an affair with Vince McMahon, then was moved over to Johnny Ace in that really creepy way that they did, saying they passed her, the poor woman, around and then doubled her salary, all this stuff. That one, they said, well, you know, he was doing something inappropriate with someone in the office. So he is no longer the CEO. We're putting Stephanie in charge. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And now she, Stephanie's going to quote unquote, run the company. I'm sure that if Vince is in constant contact and she's not exactly going to go against dad's wishes, if he just think, he's running the place, it's all bullshit. It's something that they did just to cover their rear ends uh, publicly and to the stockholders. But this is all on air talent. So. The contortions they're going to go through to say that he should stay in a position that literally enables the behavior that has cost the company tens of millions of dollars is going to be very interesting to see. How in the world can they justify keeping him in that job? And I don't know how they're going to do it, but I think they are going to have to do it. The It reminds me a lot of the Harvey Weinstein stuff in that Harvey... Everybody knew. Everybody knew that there were big problems with Harvey, but nothing gained traction until someone went on the record, really. And there's a fascinating book called Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow that kind of details the work put into getting someone to go on the record and finding someone brave enough to do that. And then the dominoes fell. I feel like it's going to have to be something like that because this is going to be a thing, and it's going to run in the papers for a little while, and then the next scandal will come up with somebody else, and it might fade away. But if someone does come forward, then he's got an even bigger problem. Uh, it, you know, it's and it's going to have to be something like that. It's going to have to be something like NBC Universal that pays them hundreds of millions of dollars for Raw and NXT to say, "Hey, we have a problem with this." It's going to take something like the Fox network that pays him a ton of money for Smackdown to say, hey, we have a big problem with this. Is that going to happen? I don't know. But it, right now, I don't feel like the story has quite enough traction to do it. He should be gone. He should have been gone the first time around. He should have been gone for poor job performance, for the love of God, from the creative role. It hasn't been good in years and years and years. But he's the type of guy that digs in his heels and they can't vote him out. So I think it's going to have to come from an outside source. There's going to have to be some people coming forward to say, yes, this happened to me. And uh, But that's the kind of thing that could come out of this. And there, I, I don't think anybody believes that these NDAs are indicative of the only time this man ever took advantage of his position. That was a very long absolute explanation facts. and a long answer. So sorry about that. But those are that's just what I've been thinking about since since all this came out.
0: It's absolute facts, though. And it is going to take someone being on the record to say these things happen that is not attached to an NDA. Maybe we need Rowan Farrow on the story, for The New Yorker, <laughs> to do the ultimate expose. It might come down to that, but these Wall Street Journal leaks are warning shots oh, yeah. saying, OK. Keep doing it. So you want to go out there? You want to get cheered? Here's another story. And Mm -hmm. it's only going to be a domino effect the more he stays on the job. He'll be 77 next month. A 77 out of touch by 20 years. Your old man in the chair trying to tell me what is relevant in today's wrestling. No,
2: he got to go. He does. The the weird thing is, he thinks he's bulletproof. He thinks this is his kingdom, and he feels like he's. And keep in mind, this is a man that beat a federal indictment for for drug tra- for drug trafficking. Basically, he was a steroid dealer. He was prosecuted as being a steroid dealer, and he won. He beat. You know what the the winning percentage is on federal indictments. It's like 90 plus, and he beat it. So this guy just feels like, ah, what can a newspaper article do to me? And we talked, we heard about how he walked back after that appearance on SmackDown, got the cheers of the crowd, walked to the back and yelled, fuck him. That's the kind of guy we're dealing with here. And it's going to take a big, big shove to push him over the edge. But I agree with you, Keela. I don't think that whoever is leaking this is done. I think they just keep saying, I've got a little more, got a little more, got a little more. And if he digs in, in three weeks, we might be having another conversation.
0: It's very possible. It will not shock me. This is not the end. This is the only This is only beginning of what's going to be coming out in the next few weeks. Because two articles is simply not enough. Somebody's going to say something else in about two weeks They say, here's another warning. How long you want to stay in this position? Because we know the TV rights fees are due in the next year or two. How much you want to take, how many blows you want to take from this. The Netflix deal with this documentary, which was incredibly expensive, has been shelved. Yeah. It might never see the light of day. And that's a lot of money that they hyped up via these. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the quarterly earnings report? Oh, yeah. Coming up. Will he even be on the phone taking calls and questions? I doubt Ooh, boy, it. Huh? So it's a mess. I bet he's a busy that mess. day.
2: I bet he's busy that day. I bet he finds a way to be busy that day. I agree with you.
0: Yes. He's deferring all questions to Stephanie because she's in charge technically. But my God, can you imagine those questions that day?
1: He certainly hasn't missed any creative
0: duties, though. Unfortunately. The one, the he one spot he won't go home. The one we encourage him, please retire. Chill out.
2: He reminds me of some of these like college football and college basketball coaches who won a national championship championship. 20 years ago and the school doesn't feel like they can fire them, even though the game has clearly passed them by. I attended Indiana university and Bob Knight was still the coach when I was there. I'm that old, but the, he was bad for years before he did all the stupid stuff that got him canned. It's just that they couldn't fire him because he'd won all these titles. It kind of reminds me of Vince in that sense is like, he hasn't actually been good at his job of creative in a very long time. I'd put it at over 10 years, maybe 12 and Yet he just keeps plowing forward because people that don't know a whole lot about wrestling think that he is wrestling. Like there was there wasn't wrestling before Vince McMahon. There won't be afterwards, so you can't get rid of him. He's well past. The game has passed him by, and it, that's the only way. Getting him out is the only way this is ever going to really improve. And and this week is an excellent example of just how how troubled it is in that uh, in that room
0: yes it was a very bad week for wwe television but before we dive into the tv we wanted to have some fun on this show and vince deprived us of that for a little bit but damn it we're gonna have a good time because my co-captain scott young had a great idea and that we're gonna have a cookout for the rap and we're gonna invite the coolest people in wrestling to the cookout they're gonna get a plate some tupperware you're going to get some to-go items. It's going to be a good time. All right. And I just wanted to just invite the best of the best, the flyest people around to the cookout. So, Scott, please reveal to me your list of people coming to the cookout, courtesy of The Wrap.
1: So, you know, there's a couple people that are on the VIP list. You know, they get they get that special treatment. Um, I think Riddle is definitely going to be on the VIP list because you want to make sure if you if you get full, and you need a little extra room. Just go see Riddle for a little bit. He'll he'll get he'll find you a little extra room in your stomach. Don't worry, you'll be hungry in about 10 minutes. The Street Profits, they'll be the life of the party. They'll be the DJs, they'll be holding it down, they'll be everywhere. And of course, they bring in the queen of the party, Bianca Belair. So that's a two-for-one. That's a two-for-one deal right there. You can't. That's that's the that's the the street EST. The street is. That's the street EST right there. You know what I'm saying? Um after that, that's that's where we start, you know, handing out, okay, we're not handing out VIP passes no more. We might send an invitation to the tribal chief just because if we don't, I feel like he's going to show up and try to wreck the whole thing. And, I, you know, just, just out of a respect thing. So we're just going to send him an invitation as well. Uh, the New Day, they're all going to get an invite. We're going to call Big E. On uh, video chat, we're gonna make sure he's there. We're gonna put him in a little in a chair, like on his video chat on a chair, so that way he can roll around and stuff. So he's there, like the whole time. It's just like he's there. It's like one of those TV shows. Um, and then we're also going to invite uh, Liv Morgan. You know, I think she'd be a lot of fun there. Uh, and uh, I think we're gonna in. You know, we can invite some other people. But as far as the, the the guest list, who's getting the plates to go? Because let me tell you something, Kila. I don't know what type of cookouts you be going to, but everybody can't take no plate to go. Everybody <laughs> don't get no plate to go. So I, I'm trying to go to these cookouts where you get these plates to go and everybody get one. Because I'm trying to get one of these care packages on the way out, too. Are uh, you talking about utensils and all that? Yeah, let me get all of that. <laughs> I mean, that's a public stop right there. you getting your food in your utensils, too? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm trying to go to that cookout. But, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's who I've got so far on
0: my guest list okay steven your turn so you're at the party you got your invite list who has come into the cookout well
2: i'm a little concerned already because at this party is riddle and the street profits and between whatever is in those solo cups and whatever (laughs) riddle is bringing i'm worried about finding my car afterwards quite frankly i think i (laughs) think i'm gonna have to uber this one i'm 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 ubering for sure who who do you bring to this one right there i i gotta think that uh huh yeah, that's an interesting one. As far as who I would bring, you know what? I'm I'm inviting Briggs and Jensen. I think they'd be a good time, dog on it. I, I think they'd just be, uh, I think they'd be fun lovers. They'd be goofy. And they can man the grill. Like, they could probably grill, right? They could handle the hot dogs and the hamburgers. And uh, someone's got to cook this stuff up. That would be a good one. Uh, we saw that a little bit on NXT. I'm going to bring up that barbecue here in a little bit. Uh, that would probably be um, one of my first ones. And, and you know, and just because I think she would be a good hang, Asuka. I'm bringing Asuka. Mm, that's a good one.
0: Yes, a fine pick. I love
2: Kana Chan, Kana Chan TV, her her show. She hasn't done it in months, but she has she has a fun one where she just she just goes to restaurants, goes to stores and the camera follows her around and she's just herself and uh, looks like a fun hang to me.
0: Absolutely. I adore her. And we need Asuka Chan back on YouTube. She's sorely missed. I know she's been injured for a while, sure. she'll bring it back if WWE allows it. Because, you know, they're very picky on third-party deals and whatnot. <laughs> right. So, yeah, hopefully, sure. they'll be able to bring that back very soon. All right. My list. Very similar to you and Scott as well. But I'm also going to bring to the cookout Trick and Carmelo. They got to be there. Oh, that's a good one. got to set the tone yeah. properly. I'm also going to open a forbidden door. Oh. Ricky Starks has got to come oh, to the party. Good. Yeah, he can come. <laughs> yeah, Ricky's fun. coming. He can come through. Oh. Ricky's coming, it's mandatory. And Randy Orton's got to come, bad back and all. We can get like a wheelchair for him. He can sit down, relax, rest the back. I don't know if Riddle's going to have a supply for him to smoke at the party, but you know, keep him mellow, keep him calm. And my final invite to this cookout, a very difficult decision. But a necessary decision to have this person at this cookout just to antagonize Scott. <laughs> who are you bringing to
1: the cookout, man? Uh, hey, look, see, see, so, so w- what you're about to tell me is that you don't want me to come to your cookout. <laughs> that's, that's what you're about to tell me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me. Who,
0: who coming to your cookout? Well, this is a joint endeavor here. We're going half and half on the food, on the Kool-Aid, mm. on the Sunny Delight, on whatever's in those cups. It depends Whatever on Riddle's packing in the baggie Okay I'm gonna be fair I'm not gonna do you like that Brandy can mix the drinks And the co-chair person To cook out Cody Luther King Will be there To, to supply right. <laughs> To supply The party favors And just to mess with you Because I can't resist Von Wagner Will be security <laughs> You
1: know what You know what I'm okay with my boy getting a paycheck. So Von, Von, <laughs> Von can definitely do that. Now here's the thing. Cody can come to the cookout, but I don't need him trying to be preaching to everybody at the cookout, man. That's not what this about. You already called him Cody Luther King. Like he can't even just be he already got the Luther in his name. Like, I don't know if I want that Cody at the cookout. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't know if I need that at this this ain't that type of cookout. This ain't a rally. This is a cookout. <laughs>
0: Now you know he gonna bless the food. Well,
1: I, I know he gonna want to say the blessing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't know. And then Brand, Brandy's gonna be like, "Now hold up." You know, somebody else want to say, oh, "Who said it was oh?" You know, I don't know if I need that type of energy. I don't know,
0: Keila. I might have to leave halfway. Okay. Now to make it up to you, I'm gonna open one more forbidden door. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring to you Stoke and the baddies. I was gonna Jade say that, Kumpur. Oh, oh, oh you bring me I'm Jade. Okay.
1: Part. If you're bringing me Jade and Stoke, I'm I'm okay with that.
2: If we're doing Forbidden Doors. He's gotta be there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, okay absolutely.
0: Can you imagine the cut up section? Stoke, Street Profits, Ricky, oh. Mellow, Trick, the ultimate cipher. The acclaimed. At the cookout. The acclaim. Oh my God. One more forbidden door. Caster on the ones and twos competing with street profits. Come on! Oh man, all
1: right. Yes, that's, that's that's not bad. That's not bad. We
2: we got a ni- we got a nice little cookout there. I got a question. The NXT cookout. Okay. Personally, I actually like that skit better than the ones they did on Raw. But you know the ones they did on Raw and the, the eating contest and all that goofiness. The NXT one was just a, a little VTR to set up the whole show. Right. Have you noticed that that? Pool. I want to know whose place that is. They have used that for years. That has been in NXT VTRs for years. It has. I mean, first of all, it's a better party. It had a pool. Mm-hmm. Second of all, they have used that. It showed up way back in an EC3 Velveteen Dream video when those two were feuding. And then it was also in some Mandy Rose photo shoots. I want to know who lives there. Whose place is that? That might be a
0: I know Chelsea Green's gone on the record. did yeah. used her house a few times. I wonder. That
2: could be the case. Maybe it's, it's it's definitely probably some apartment complex pool in Orlando right there. But I want to know who lives in it. I, I just I'm just curious because I it, that little setup they have out there in the pool and that little ledge that they have they've used that for years and years. It's somebody's place, I'm sure of it. I don't know. I'm it's just curious. A very I, good. Deal. I've been watching a lot of NXT over the years. So I just I just noticed that. So, oh, they're back in that pool.
0: Hmm. The pool is canon on 2.0, 1.0, 1.5. It's been there for a very long time.
2: It's like Jerry Jarrett's Jarrett's backyard, which is where Kamala came from.
0: Oh, man, we're going way back in time. I'm that old. Oh, but hey, memories nonetheless. As we transition finally to Monday Night Raw, which was the 4th of July edition and what a show it was. And, you know, Scott had the nerve to come on this mic several months ago and said profusely that dominic mysterio is not a pillar <laughs> how dare you and and ray mysterio popped up on his feed and knocked his ass off <laughs> <Boya-Con>! <laughs> For a good five minutes. So he was very offended by those comments. So we circle back to Dominic because I feel like WWE has been teasing the Mysterio family split for well over a year now. And now we got Judgment Day, a member of two with Finn Balor and Damian Priest feuding with Ray and Dominic Mysterio. And I think they need another member. Would it be the worst idea ever to have Dominic finally turn on his father and join Judgment Day to see where he is as a heel? Can he grow beyond being the son of Rey Mysterio? Can he be his own man in a crew and see where it takes him in terms of character development and ultimately in wing work as well? So, Steven, what is your possible take on Rey losing his son to the dark side?
2: I think it's something that's definitely going to come. I feel like they've had plans for this for years. I agree with you. And it keeps getting bumped off for whatever reason. They even teased it a little bit uh, more than even now, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, involving like Eddie's uh, members of Eddie's family and things. So Eddie Guerrero, I mean, it'll happen eventually. Uh, I don't know why it was put off, but it's been put off for a long time. Uh, Dominic. I don't think he's very good in the ring. (laughs) He hasn't been particularly good at much of anything. Maybe a heel turn would do him good. The issue was also that I also don't think Ray tries very often, but I think he would try if he were in matches with his son. Uh, Ray sometimes will show up at big shows. You know, if there's a stadium or something, Ray will do something more than his usual little set of like five or six moves in the same order every time. But I feel like it might invigorate both of them, but... I don't feel like Dom is going to be particularly good as a heel or a baby face, but most tag teams simply exist in WWE so they can break up with a couple of exceptions obviously the usos new day and things have been around forever but most of the time tag teams are put together in wwe so they can break up it's going to happen it could very well be this one and they go into either uh you know later in the year or even all the way to wrestlemania with it if they want to i'm sure ray would love it uh and uh, maybe it would invigorate ray a little bit and try to carry his son to something decent so i think it is coming i think we're going to see it in 2022
0: all right, so we got you locked in for yes. Finally, Ray will lose his son to Judgment Day, and they were feud is long overdue. And Ray can really tap into some great emotional stuff when need to be. I go back to his feud against Brock Lesnar roughly three years ago. Mm-hmm. He cut some of his best promos ever, and. I was compelled by Rey Mysterio as a character fitting off Brock Lesnar. We knew the outcome was going to be academic, but he gave it his all anyway. And I just want to see Dominic spread his wings and see what he can do in a completely different role. And you got season see in Finn and Damien that can steer him along the way. And obviously his dad that can bring out something emotionally within him to push this even more. So, Scott. Now, despite your misgivings about Dominic being a pillar, do you think that a heel turn could possibly open the door to that? Not now, but maybe in a couple of years, if he puts in the work to improve and get the character over.
1: Well, you talk about Rey Mysterio potentially losing... His son, um, have you seen his haircut that he's rocking nowadays? He already lost Dominic a while ago when he started rocking <laughs> that, that whatever mullet thing he got going on. Like, what? <laughs> he gotta be turning bad if you're rocking that every week. Are you serious? What do you think you're doing with that? Um, as far as the heel turn, I... I think it probably would be best for him to work inside of a group and he can kind of work tag matches. He can be a fall guy and it and he be and him be able to still get his heat back by being in a group doing beatdowns and whatnot. And he can get improved that way. Also that can help him probably pull out some personality. The judgment day being that group, ah, you know like I could see him more with a um Los Lothorios, you know, like a a group like that, you know, Humberto and an Angel Garza, like a group like that could probably bring his personality out more than a Judgment Day, but the Judgment Day would be a bigger moment. It would feel like a bigger deal because of who's involved. So, I you know, I'm kind of torn on it because I don't I don't know if that's the move for him, if that's going to be the heel turn that's going to do the most justice by him. Like I, I feel like he needs something that's gonna bring out the personality and he can work with guys that that can kind of mask his abilities and, and he can he can team with each of them so they can kind of have, you know, the little free bird rule going on as well. So I I'd like to see him with a different group, but if this is what it's gonna take, I I he needs to be in a group. I'd just prefer him to be in a group that's gonna Allow him to show more personality, you know. And uh, as you hear, Ray, I'm not saying anything bad about your son. So I don't want. I I don't expect to get kicked off this feed anytime soon. I got good internet connection right now. I don't want to see them bars fading.
2: <laughs> well, you know, and and it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, Judgment Day either. I I feel like these little creepy vignettes are edge coming back for revenge on his group anyway so i think they're going to be busy with edge in some form going for the next few months and that's just my guess i don't have any inside information on that but that's how i feel about it but it it does feel like i don't know what else you do with the mysterios after they they're going to put over the judgment day for a little while here but after that like what do you what do you really what do you do with them other than this I, you know
1: I, that that's a great point like what what do you do with them like are you gonna if you're not gonna use them as a tag team because you, you can use Rey Mysterio as a singles guy like he can you could definitely get some some mileage and some value out of him just as a single star and you can as a tag team but if you're not gonna utilize them maybe 2.0 is your best bet I mean like you gotta do something with. so the heel turn and then he kind of wanders by himself he gets lost in the shuffle That's that's what I'm worried about like who is he when he's not with Ray? That's that's the big question, and that's why he need. I I just feel like he needs a group or somebody who can bring that. Maybe he tries to get in with Max Male Model, you know, something something like that. Just give him a, a, a mission, a journey, a purpose. He had, it doesn't feel like he has a purpose outside of just hanging out with dad at work.
0: Yeah, he's gotta break that cycle. He's been hanging with dad for three years now. You gotta find your own way, son. But here's one more quick take what if this leads to dominic earning the mask eventually because this would this would this would this would have to be the end game here to earn the mask to finally be a true mysterio rocking the mask at long last oh man I- I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready if
1: I'm doing that, man. I I don't know if I need. To. That's a big. First of all, it's a big dude to be rocking the mask. That so that's already gonna look a little awkward anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not, I don't. You would think like it would be for the mask, but I don't know if I want to see Dominic rocking, and especially if he gonna rock that mullet he got going on. He got to cut that rat tail.
0: <laughs> well. One would hope at this point. Maybe when he joins Judgment Day, the first thing they do is cut the tail off because it is quite... The visual, for all of the wrong reasons, just not a good look. Shameful. As we move on to the main event of Monday Night Raw, featuring Becky Lynch versus Asuka in a no-hose-barred match. And this match was good, but I think we've gone to the well one too many times. it has been the main event of Monday Night Raw a lot in the last month or so. And the feud has now won its course. Becky won with a manhandle slam through the table to Asuka. And I just love Becky's commitment to look like a hot-ass mess at all times, green hair, the mist to the face. I mean, she looks like a wreck that's gone through it. And I love the method acting in terms of I've been through it. You can see it all over me. And I do wonder now that she's got an Oscar in the rear view, what's next for Becky? Is it a championship match at SummerSlam? Is it a side feud against someone else? What is Becky's next steps towards redemption, Scott?
1: Man, I, you know, I, I really th- I think this. This Asuka thing, that probably should have been the the SummerSlam because you got to keep her away from Bianca. I I don't think she needs to go back to Bianca at any point in time because when Becky, the next time Becky goes after the title, it should be her as a babyface going after whoever she's going after as the man. Like that, that should be the next step in her journey. I feel like it's too soon for her to be winning these matches. Asuka should have won this match. That's that's where I'm at, and we should have got Oscar versus Bianca Belair at Summerslam. That's that's kind of my mindset where I'm at. So I'm hoping that we get Charlotte Flair back, and we get Charlotte versus Becky Lynch at Summerslam, and that way we can keep Becky away from the title. We can have about four women's. I mean, this this way we can have important women's matches at the event. But I have no idea where you go with Becky. So. I'm out here proposing Charlotte Flair, man. I mean, they both need something to do. Or give me Becky versus Bailey even though I think Bailey's going to come back and take Carmella's spot and, you know, recreate the the Becky moment except it's going to be Bailey for SummerSlam with Bianca. But I I just what do you do with Becky now? The win came too soon. I feel like Asuka could have used it more. I could have elevated her. I just I don't know. And the, the crowd definitely showed that they've seen this match a ton of times. The ladies worked way too hard for that, though. I, I feel like they, they they killed it. This was probably their best match they've had, but the crowd just wasn't as invested. They got a little bit in the end, especially when you get a, a superplex on a stack of chairs. You better give them something for that. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I am curious to see what Becky Lynch does next. I'm proposing her versus Charlotte. That way you can have a big-time match and you still have two title matches
0: yes and it'll be very heated and personal at that so let's run it back one more time at SummerSlams slams with stephen Scott made got me a lot of good points. I think it's too much too soon for Becky to get back on the winning track. Asuka needed to win a bit more. She is still owed a one-on-one shot against Bianca Belair at a pay-per-view. It might not happen anytime soon, unfortunately. So that leaves us, where does Becky go from here? Heading into SummerSlam, who does she face? My
2: guess is that WWE is going to have her face Bianca and beat her. And I, I just feel like they are getting ready for... Becky, they are putting it all on track for Becky versus Ronda at Mania next year. And that just involves putting Becky over and having her go on a run. And that I I agree with what you guys are saying, but I think that's what's in WWE's head is that we've got to get Becky back out on top. We've torn her down. Now we're going to build her right back up again. And it's going to be her. I think it's going to be end up being her and, be- and Belair. And it's too bad because I feel like if Rhea Ripley heals up from her concussion, uh, that she could have that spot and have a really good match with Bianca. And then absolutely, Becky and Charlotte makes a ton of sense. And there's a lot of ways you could go and have more matches than just the two title matches on the women's side mean something. I agree. I I agree totally. I just don't think WWE is going to do it. I think this is going to be the beginning of the launch of Becky back up on top with that title, holding it and with the end game of being a collision course with Rhonda.
0: i'm depressed now i'm sorry
2: (laughs) this is why i haven't been on for months folks i just make i just bring the place down
0: I mean, you did, but we thank you for that because you do add some realism to WWE's way of thinking and they don't have to do that really, but they might. I just want Bianca Bella to have like a lengthy run as champion. I do too. And this run, this run has been snake bit the last couple of times because people have been injured dating back to last year with... Um, Bailey's injury at Money in the Bank prior to the I Quit match. Then Sasha Banks was unavailable for their match at the SummerSlam last year. So every time she has, she's trying to have the blow off feud and never happens. And that stunts this title reign. And it's not her fault. And I just wished that WWE set up people in a better way and not go to the Becky well so many times because it's convenient. Well, you're, that's what I don't like about all of this.
2: You're absolutely right. But that convenience thing is the key point. What does vince do when he has a big show big stadium shows coming up he goes to his security blankets he goes to brock versus roman which we've already seen a bunch of times we're going to talk about that later and how hard they have to work to make this seem interesting and different even though it's going to be a good match he feels comfortable with becky he just likes having Becky on top. He likes having, uh, you know, like Roman and Brock, he feels comfortable with Charlotte. Charlotte has gone over for the title more than she needs to. They could have feuds going that don't involve the title. If you build up the women and let them have a decent grudge feud, It there are people in WWE that don't need the belt and they could do Becky and Charlotte without either one of those titles. I just feel like Vince is going to go to his safety nets. And like like you say, he goes to Randy Orton when he needs to. Nothing wrong with that. Randy Orton's a legend. He's he's a Hall of Famer. Randy Orton's been around for 25 years. They don't really build new people. They cut them off. It happens over and over again. And I I just feel like that's where they're going with this. He's going to go back to a safety blanket.
1: I will say this. I I do think he's... I think... Bianca Belair has earned that trust. I, I think she's right there, and especially with if Sasha and if Sasha's gone, I think Bianca slides right into that slot. I, you can hope. I, I th- well, yeah, I, I agree. I hope so too. But I, I think she, I think she's earned that earned that trust from him. I, mean, I don't, I don't see him putting her over two straight WrestleManias over two of the four horsewomen, and I'm assuming it's going to be Charlotte this year. You know and like that's that's just and that's me being optimistic because I they've done right by Bianca 2 years in a row at WrestleMania. They've done right by her. SummerSlam is where we've had the trouble. This is <laughs> this is this is the the pay-per-view, the event where the the trouble and the issues come in. So if you're going to do Bianca versus Becky, I'm only okay with it if we get Bailey Taking out Becky the same way Becky took out Carmella, and comes in and gets that match. I think it fits a story, it adds to it. And now you can start building a little bit of I never got my match. What's going on with that? Bailey can rub it in her face. Now Becky can at least have a catalyst for a heel turn because there's no reason for people to cheer her, by the way. There's no reason for people to like her. When it comes to storyline or kayfabe, she's done absolutely nothing, and nobody's done, and nobody's been bullying or picking on her. So there's no reason to like her or feel sympathy for her. So at least that'll about, give. Are you talking some. about Becky Scott? Yeah, talking about Becky. Talking about Becky.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's except far, that the crowd just friggin' loves her no matter what she does. But,
1: well, they do, but at least that would kind of give you storyline a reason for her to be like, all right, I got something to sink my teeth into, and to be like, all right, this is going to be the flip, this is going to yeah. be the switch, you know, and mm-hmm. something for them to gravitate to. So. You know i i i just think Bianca's got to keep that title and beat Charlotte at WrestleMania. I think that's you got to do right by her and do that. But Becky, man, Bailey's you got to you got to do that. You got to keep her away from the title. She can't have that match at SummerSlam.
2: Well, Bailey would be a good way to do it because Bailey is one of the few people in the company that could actually keep Becky as a heel. And for whatever reason, Becky wants to be a heel, even though she's a baby face. The crowd loves her like a baby face. It's, it's silliness, but she wants to be a heel. WWE wants her to be a heel. Bail's, Bailey is one of the only people in the company that, that I think the people would, especially after a long time off and a return, I think they would side with Bailey in that feud. That might be one of the few ways to keep Becky on the heel side effectively. Yeah, definitely not Charlotte. No, no. Charlotte's a fantastic heel. And to the, to the point that the fans really buy that she's an asshole. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's uh, she's she's a wonderful heel. In fact, you know, Charlotte's the one that made the Ronda babyface run as tenuous as it is successful. So you've got people that are solidly in that camp and Bailey's just a natural good guy. And that would be that would be one way of keeping Becky on the dark side.
0: And that pop, Bailey would get oh God. two years with complete silence. And now she comes back and that pop upon her return oh. will be probably one of the greatest pops in WWE history. I'm that bold to say it now. I'm, I'm on board
2: with that, too. I, I think it's going to be just a an expression of joy rarely seen because everyone loves her. Everyone's rooting for her to come back strong. If when her music hits, it's going to be beautiful.
1: So let's let's go ahead and call a shot, dude. Are we are we? Are we all kind of in agreement that she shows up in some way? We may not all agree how, but we all think she's showing up at SummerSlam.
0: I say yes.
2: I I honestly don't know how healthy she is right now. I mean, I would love I would love it. I would absolutely love it. But I'm not I'm not positive. She's like, is is she healthy enough? Do we know this? It's been a year. You know, I don't know, but it's been a year. So
1: who knows?
0: I'm taking bets now via DraftKings. She'll be back. (laughs) Ah, there you go. All righty. And now it's time to focus our attention to NXT 2.0 presents the Great American Bash 2022. And I got to say, this might have been the first quarterly special from NXT in two years that I just thought was okay. The matches were fine. Nothing was out of the ordinary. We got new champs. Yay! But I was completely underwhelmed by the in-ring quality of this show. I felt like a spark was missing when I miss the early days of the performance center with PC trainees as the audience giving me more life than the show. That's really saying something. It has felt like the show fell short of expectations in a lot of ways. I'm very happy for Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade becoming the new NXT women's tag team champions over Toxic Attraction. I love Tiffany Stratton. She's getting better, but you know, needs more time. And the ringing on the road, Blonde Breaker has another great title defense against Cameron Grimes with the debut of the former Jordan Devlin attacking Breaker after the show. Put him through a table. The food flies everywhere. Poor food. That hot dog did not deserve that fate. I'm just saying. Then, of course, Mello comes through with the 1992 Dream Team entrance. Gotta love that as he defends his title against Grayson Waller. And the Creed Brothers. Damn near destroy and kill and maim Roddy and Damon Kemp for the NXT tag team titles. The Brutus Bomb. We gotta stop that, homie. I mean, you're still taking it straight, butt on the floor. And it's very, very painful. Despite all of that, the show was fine. Steven, what are your thoughts on the Great American Bash edition of NXT 2.0? Was it yay? Nay? Just meh?
2: I am in the meh category here, uh, as the kids say. Uh, This one was indeed underwhelming. There were a few bright spots, but overall, yeah, I totally agree that this one just wasn't a whole lot different than a regular episode of NXT, as far as in-ring work goes. The bright spots. Roxanne Perez is amazing, and I was looking at her on uh, on the internets there and just reading about her. She is twenty years old, only twenty years old. She has only been wrestling full time since twenty eighteen, and she's that good that quickly. I'm not saying that she's that you know she's like ready for prime time right now, but I am saying that if she continues to improve the way she is she is going to be a monster star in this business. Like she has no business being this good, this quickly. And I was really impressed. She was the best person in that match, but I mean, out of the four, it wasn't even close. And Cora Jade still has a lot of problems. She's her range. Isn't there like at just about every kick she throws either comes up short or clocks somebody. Uh, she's still, there's, Almost comes off a little clumsy sometimes It just doesn't quite work And Gigi and JC have have and they, They've hit their ceiling as far as work rate goes For a long time ago And they're not getting better She carried that to a decent match I, I was really impressed with her But overall, uh, you know, the, the matches Like like you were saying with the Creeds Boy, there's some problems there uh, Waller and Carmelo had a good match But I feel like you see a match like that on NXT every week This did not feel like a big event Once, uh, once it was over with
0: yeah, it just felt like an ordinary show and he slapped a name on it. Yeah, Let's celebrate the 4th of July a day later. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Let me play a superior match, Io Shirai and Sasha Banks from two years ago Ooh. that smoked this entire show. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. it was just a show. It was average at best. I was underwhelmed, slightly disappointed. And I love the creeds I truly do. But Lord, they were throwing people around and I felt like their first match. I thought I was almost going to watch a fatality. And that's not a good thing. They're not improving.
2: They're not improving. That's a little scary that they're not improving because they're dangerous.
0: Yes, and we need to see that improvement. We see it here and there. They can be guided to good matches. We see that against the Viking Raiders, which might be their best matches to date, but you've got to improve in terms of protecting your opponents. That's so key moving forward. I see it for them. I truly do. But you've got to protect your teammates in the ring at the end of the day. So I want to ask Scott a very important question. So what is your perky meter as of right now? (laughs) Well, I, uh, on a scale of 10, I'm probably like a, a five, a five on perky. So do we add that to the 22%? So you at 27 now? No, 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 no. You're not going to add five. No, no, no. We're going to cut the, We're going to cut that in half.
2: So <laughs> I, was I was wondering what happened. We were, we were at 22 earlier and now we're on one to 10. I'm lost.
1: <laughs> yeah. i I'm, this as far as the, how many points we're going to add. We can add 10 points at a time. Oh, you know, per per segment. So uh, anytime we do a checkup, we can potentially add 10 points. Uh, so I, we're going to we're going to cut that in half. We're going to do 2.5. We can add 2.5 for 2.0 because they gave a 0. 0.5 effort in my book. I give them a five out of 10. So there's a 2.5. That
2: was very nicely done
1: mathematically. I, uh, yes. I learned from Scott Steiner.
0: <laughs> and Axiom, apparently. And axiom. You are a math whiz, too. Yeah. Congratulations. They, they,
1: are they, what they doing with a kid? Who are they, they trying to fool with a kid in the, in, in the classroom? Like, what was <laughs> that?
2: <laughs> he's not just a kid anymore. He's now a yeah, math whiz. He's, an
1: axiom, kid.
2: <laughs> he's exactly.
1: an axiom kid. He's a mathematician Axiom kid. Um, I, I'm surprised we didn't see him and chase you in the background. Um, first of all, my first thought of, of this show was, is whose idea was it to let Brutus do the Brutus ball and for Damon to be the one to catch him? Who thought that was a good idea?
2: Roderick then- Strong. I mean, Roddy, my guy. No, Roderick Strong is the one that said you're doing this. I'm not catching that guy.
1: Roderick <laughs> should have been like, Nah, bro, you're not doing either one of them because you're not doing it, bro. Your I cheeks. Am, not I am built-
2: five. I am five foot six tops. I am not yeah. getting that guy landed on.
1: Me. That guy. That guy's cheeks are not built like that to just be coming down like that, taking Brutus bombs. Um, I I did enjoy the Carmelo Grayson match. I I thought there were some sloppy spots in it, but the match and the end. Inter- energy I thought was really high for that match the entrance was fantastic the crowd loves Carmelo Grayson Waller is still the most hated guy on that entire uh, channel like like anytime 2.0 is on nobody gets more jeers than that guy and I just I wish they would do more with him I, I he should be going after Braun to really give Braun somebody to for the people to rally behind, like really get behind. Even with Cameron Grimes, people were, are still cheering for him. Like, you gotta, you, and let me invite Joseph. That guy is absolutely awful on on Tuesday night. He said during a tag match, look at this, they're doing a two on one move. And Wade Bear's like, yeah, it's a tag team match. Of course they are. <laughs> like, And then he's, and then he's taught during the main event, He's talking about, yeah, you know, Braun Breaker's here because of his name and he's had the easy path here, but Cameron Grimes has had to work for everything and that's why he's upset and he shouldn't be upset about that. It's not Braun's fault that he was born that way. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what are you, what? What are you talking about? This is why you're building up your top baby face? I... I have no idea what you're talking about, and then Wade Barrett, he's having the audible be like, "What do you, what do you mean, Vic? You know, I think Cameron Grimes is he's worked hard, but Braun's worked just as hard, you know." And I'm like, guys, what story are we telling here? Do I need to put this on mute because the crowd's surely not helping? I, I thought Braun and Cameron worked really hard, and the crowd was just not there. I, I don't know if it's Cameron or if they're getting sick of the Braun dominance, and he needs. Bigger opponents, and I don't know if the guy from 90 Day Fiance, I mean, JD McDowell. Um, I'm sorry, I, I could have swore it was the guy from 90 Day Fiance that showed up on my TV, but no, it was JD McDowell who was driving. Apparently, the, the video, the vignette we saw of him driving was him driving to the arena. That was him literally on the way to the show so he could attack Bron, and then he just got there. Um so I don't know if that's going to be the feud to build him up because that's certainly not going to get the butts in seats because they don't even know who that is. They're going to, th- they're going to think it's the guy from 90 Day Fiancé because I swear <laughs> if they, you put, put them two together and by side by side and
0: tell me they don't look alike. You know what? When we think about it, you're not wrong. But you know what I think about when I see the former Jordan Devlin on my TV screen? With all due respect to him, all I see is budget Finn Balor. That's Ooh. all I see. Really? Oh. That's all I see. His face. Hey, yeah, you just killed him. budget him. Finn. Well, he's really good, though. He's good, but all I see is like, wow, that's Finn Balor light. And he can't shake those allegations, unfortunately. Ooh. I hate to say it, but it's true. Well, now that we have our 90 day fiance plug out <laughs> of the way, <laughs> that's all I see now besides budget Finn Balor.
1: That big head. That dude got a that, that dude got a hit. noggin. Like he got a noggin. When that dude was driving down the road, all you saw was a head. You he didn't see the body. You just saw the noggin. <laughs> waving in the head. I'll
2: say this. He's like a he baba might be He might be the best worker that Bronze encountered, though, in the ring.
0: It's possible. Definite possibility. I can see that. Yeah. And uh back to the creeds ever so briefly. Um this is what I want because I, I I get the sense there's an alpha battle between Roddy and Julius and I need them to have a pissing contest in the ring for 20 minutes of them just unleashing and if Julius throws Roddy around I need Roddy to kick the shit out of him repeatedly just have a all-out fight if it becomes a shoot fantastic because i think that's where the story lies not the tag team so much this is purely julius and roddy and i think if given 20 good minutes they can deliver to possibly send roddy into the sunset because we know what he's not going back to
1: he ain't going back to the trailer park let me tell you <laughs> no. oh, my boy ain't going back to the trailer park i'm gonna go ahead and tell you that right now that is that is that is a fact he ain't
0: going back, ain't going back. So, letting you know he no As we make that transition to Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and I'm going to be very frank and say this show sucked on Friday. It was a really bad show to really cap off a really bad day for WWE. But one of the few good things about Smackdown was Paul Heyman and to a greater extent, Roman Reigns. Roman was so happy to be on TV Friday. I've never seen him so elated. He was walking. He had the smug look. He was given like five different meme faces and he channeled pastor Roman saying, if God wakes me up, I can do anything like Roman. Amen. Where's Scott with the, with the sermon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. I was like, Roman, that is a word, sir. Amen. Where is my money? Where's the collection plate? Let me put 20 in. So I was very impressed by that, but Paul Heyman really did the Lord's work (laughs) because he tried to sell me on Roman versus Brock part 75. He tried to tell me that Brock's up against the wall and he's desperate. And when he's desperate, he can do anything. He beat The Rock at 24. He broke the Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania. He beat Goldberg at WrestleMania. So when he's down to his last shot for a championship, he's dangerous. So I need Roman to come a savage. He needs to become vicious and vindictive because you know three ain't enough. You need 10 seconds to beat Brock at SummerSlam. Last man standing. I need you to bring out that tribal chief in you. Be the real head of the table. And I was sold. Now, granted, I've seen the match many times over the last seven or so years. I'm tired. WrestleMania wore me out because I was old blood and Brock lied to me. And I'm still mad. And watch us get blood at Last Man Standing at SummerSlam. You're going to give it to me four months too late. But I digress on all of that. But for Paul Heyman to try his damnness to sell me on this match, I thank him. Because for five minutes, I cared again. It's getting there. But Paul tried really hard to make me buy in on this feud once again. So what is your take, Scott, on Paul Heyman trying to sell you on the latest chapter, the alleged last chapter of Brock versus Roman Reigns? You know,
1: Paul Heyman did a masterful job, I thought, at cutting that promo. There's no better way of building your your guy up than by building the guy that he's going to beat up even more and the more you build up Brock Lesnar as this monster as this killer as this guy who's done all these things the more you build him up the greater the victory is the greater the mountain seems like and the way he the way he spun that and let's and Roman the way he sold it the facial reactions every time he would say another accolade that Brock did Roman got a little bit more pissed off not fired up pissed off but then when he started shifting it, like you said, Keely, you know, I'm going to need Roman to do this. I'm going to need this Roman. I'm going to need this Roman. Every time he said that, he got a little more fired up. He got a little more angry. But it, it was more of an aggressive type angry, like a controlled anger. Man, I, I thought the entire thing was beautiful. I, I I loved it. I even loved Austin Theory coming out, just running around the ring simple and that's that fits Austin theory because he's young he don't have a clue he has no clue what he has in his hands and that's something a young guy in his position would do they don't really know Roman sold it perfectly who's that guy like who's that what's that you know what I mean like I I thought everything about this was perfect because Austin theory is going to come in play at SummerSlam and I know it sounds crazy and I'm probably wrong, but I'm going to just throw this thought out there. Austin Theory might mess around and cash in on them boys. Become the champion. Rome is going to take some time off. Brock's going to be gone. And that's how Drew McIntyre becomes our new undisputed universal champion at the Clash by beating Austin Theory. He gets his big moment in front of his home people. He gets to be crowned champion because they don't want him to beat Roman. I'm just throwing that thought out there. I'm probably wrong. But you know, this is WWE and we've seen crazier things and they are clearly behind theory. That's just a thought.
0: And what a thought it was. Them caught up fans like, really, we're gonna get Austin Theory in the main event. And we paid to see Roman. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, they gonna riot Well. Wales whales gonna be mad to say oh like what the fuck is this they better get the rock we pay for this <laughs>
2: like are you
0: right though now that you said that yeah
1: they're definitely not gonna do that they're no. definitely not gonna do that no. roman's definitely making that trip. yeah you're yeah. right no. no but i man i i would love to see it i'd love to for drew to get his moment overseas it's not gonna happen but you know that was just a thought but you're right the whole, they're
0: not gonna write the whole country of Wales. <laughs> We've been denied oh, a show for 30 years, and you're going to bring to us Austin fucking theory with two belts? Yeah. Refund.
2: After, <laughs> a- immediately. After that World Cup heartbreak they just had, I don't think they could take it.
0: They can't take another blow. No. So, Stephen, after Scott's outlandish idea I love it. to piss off an entire country Scott,
2: for heat. Scott is already into that barbecue stuff with Riddle and the Street Profits, apparently, with that idea. that was a- <laughs>
0: He's apparently already into the he Solo sipped- Cups. He sipped all the way through. He did. So I poured. Did you- I <laughs> poured what
2: Riddle
1: gave me into the cup. Was I not oh, supposed my- to do that? Oh boy, <sighs>
2: did right. I do that wrong? No, well, we're gonna find out real soon. That's yeah. Somebody check on you later. That's all I'm asking.
0: <laughs> yes. Did you eat Randy's edibles? That's a better question. Besides that. Twice, oh Lord! So, Stephen, what are your thoughts on Paul Heyman's promo to sell us on Roman versus Brock Part Ninety Five? Yes, I went up ten chapters. <laughs> he did it, or twenty. He did
2: a fantastic job, and it was a wonderful promo. And he's about as good as it gets in the world right now at doing things like that. There's not a whole lot of time before this show. I mean, this is where this was the eighth, and that's when this episode of SmackDown aired, and that show was what on the thirtieth, I think. So, there's not a ton of time, and they, There isn't a whole lot they can do to one another that they haven't already done. Remember, they did a few weeks worth of angles for a match that didn't even end up happening. Remember, day one, you know, that was supposed to be another match between the two that didn't take place. So they've done just about everything they can do to one another. Uh, and the most intriguing thing about the feud going into WrestleMania was where did Heyman's loyalties lay? They don't have that anymore. So... They needed something big in order to make people excited about this. And I think that Heyman did just about as well as you can do at putting over the idea that what we're going to see is two very, very big, very strong, very dominant alpha males clashing in a way that that nothing is going to stop them one of these people is finally going to destroy the other he hyped that up now whether that's true or not you know they but they've been putting over this idea of last man standing last time last match Now, WWE fans are smart enough to realize there's no point in believing a whole lot of those stipulations. But they're doing what they can do to make this one sound different. And Heyman, boy, he was absolutely on fire. And you're right, it made you excited a little bit for a while uh, about this match. Hopefully they have something good in store. The good thing about the Last Man Standing gimmick is you can throw some bells and whistles in that maybe haven't been there in their past matches. And uh, perhaps they can come up with something pretty interesting seeing Brock, and I'm assuming that Roman's going to win this thing uh, just because that's the way every tea leaf looks. I am curious to see how they finally put Brock down for the count because they've worked so hard to protect him over this time. And he's been pinned, but have the guy out cold for 10 seconds or something. That one, I I have a feeling it's going to be something uh, particularly dramatic that's going to do that to Brock. And I am curious to see how they get there.
0: Me too. We shall see. It should be a very good match in Nashville in a few weeks' time. As we move on to a very lopsided feud, and Scott and I have been doing this show for almost a year now, and a lot of stuff we talk about is now in canon. And earlier this year, we absolutely buried the Viking Raiders <laughs> for getting their asses kicked repeatedly by the Usos mm. to the point they took their helmets oh, and beat their asses with them. You remember this. These are great memories. I remember the one word promo. And I remember the one yes. word promo. <laughs> and they got jumped. Yeah. And then they got jumped before their match at the pay per view <laughs> yeah. in Saudi Arabia. Uh. So these are all great memories for us. So now we fast forward to July 2022. And now playing the role of the Viking Raiders or the New Day. Yes. Who I love next to life. I love them. But. For three weeks in a row, you have gotten your asses beat by the Viking Raiders. You picked up a microphone and you said, oh, mm-mm. you ain't got nothing on us. We're coming out here right now and we're going to stomp you. And then you get stomped. And this week they had the audacity to present ass whooping tickets to sanction The ass whooping they were going to give to the viking raiders (laughs) and it
2: worked out too well
0: and they cashed in and the viking raiders cashed their asses out for the third time i'm embarrassed i'm appalled that the new vicious viking raiders wwe's words not mine have completely cleaned out the new day so steven what are your thoughts (laughs) on now playing the role of the viking raiders a new day and now playing the role of the usos the viking raiders <laughs> doing this very lopsided one-sided ass feud
2: well we are seeing right now the new day taking a back seat to a lot of things uh and i don't know if it was uh, biggie's injury that has pushed him down or or what but Right now, I feel like WWE believes that New Day are bulletproof in that I think they believe that the crowd's going to love them no matter what so we can use these guys to get over the new improved Viking Raiders. Now, as someone who loved War Machine those two guys as War Machine, I'm happy that they are getting a renewed push because I think they are a very, very good tag team. And I think they can do some interesting things. Now, you only have one tag team champion, and it's the Usos. So I'm not really sure how far this is all going to go. But I feel like WWE probably thinks, well, the New Day... People love them no matter what they do so we can kill them basically in this feud and they'll recover We'll we'll do some fun sketches and have them say a few fun things and they'll be back at it Uh, I I think that's the approach here Uh, But you know the thing is with the Viking Raiders we see people get (coughs) excuse me the the famous three-week push it seems like every few months and uh, Will they still have interest in the Viking Raiders in one month's time? Not totally convinced on that yet. I hope so, because I think those guys are very talented, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, As for the New Day right now, uh, I think that they are probably in a situation where they're probably going to be putting people over for a while because it's until they cycle back around to them, which I think they will eventually. They're too talented. And I think the WWE believes in them. They're like, well, we can give these guys a push whenever we need to. We don't need to right now so they can try to get these guys over. That's what I'm hoping.
0: I hope so as well. So, Scott, as I gave you several flashbacks to earlier this year, what are your thoughts on the New Day versus Viking Raiders and their very one sided feud thus far?
1: My first thought is that I guess they decided instead of trying to, you know, put their big boy pants and go get their helmets back from the Usos, they just decided to go buy some new ones and gotten them by some face paint. You know, they decided, oh, let's watch the Vikings TV show and just dress up like Loki. You know, that's essentially what they did instead of putting on their big boy pants and going to get their helmets back. That's what I took away from all of this. Um, Also, I I will say, I think... That they're building them up to face the Street Profits because I, spoiler alert, I got them beating the Usos at SummerSlam uh, for the titles. I, I think they get the they get a big moment right there, and I think we start to see that's the first crack in the bloodline armor. I think that happens mm. there. Okay. Um, the theory thing, I don't think that's really happening, but the the tag titles, I, I do think the Street Profits get their moment at SummerSlam, especially the way the last match ended. I, I just feel like they're being built up as that top babyface team and the Viking Raiders uh, would make a nice team for them to go after a nice built up strong heel team so I you know if you're not going to do anything with the New Day because I they are kind of bulletproof if you think about it they they lost to Los Lotharios or whatever they're called Angel and, and Humberto they lost to them you know like Clean, so and, and everybody forget, you know they they're just fine. So I I think they they'll they'll take a couple losses, but this whole thing about you coming out and handing tickets to your own butt whooping and going <laughs> to try to make a save and then like get whooped, like I don't know about all that. That's damaging. That's stuff that doesn't need to be happening. Cause it's like yo y'all how we supposed to buy that and y'all trying to save y'all trying to stay uh uh, shaky shaky dancing shaky or whatever his what's his name shanky shanky Mm -hmm. dancing shanky y'all trying to save your boy but y'all can't even do that right but y'all got tickets all of a sudden, y'all got tickets instead of pancakes. That's the problem. You gave, you got rid of your pancakes, and you got tickets. I just, you know, I. That, but that's what I think is going on with the Viking Raiders. The New Day, you
2: know, that's they're, they're going to be what they're going to be, but people are still going to love them. Well, you know, the sad thing is that those tickets ended up on the floor, and Ludwig Kaiser apparently picked up
0: one of them. <laughs> oh, Wow. Now that is a transition, Stephen. I'm going to applaud you. I'm going to stand up right I'm now proud of myself. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> that was a great transition to our next topic because Ludwig picked up that asshole for ticket and he thought to himself, what is this? <laughs> and he said, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah. because hey gunther what's this this was unexpected what's this gunther? He picked, he picked oh i know what chance. this
1: is it was a chance card he didn't read the others he was like chance
2: <laughs> all right let me see let me take much of- oh no oh <laughs> well, let me read the back is this oh i see what this is <laughs> that's why he was so upset during his program did you notice how angry he was like every la- and i oh, he knew what
1: was coming he knew what did was he- coming
0: <laughs> now okay I am not going to let Steven slide because I don't know what that was. It was the worst German, German accent like ever. Worst mi- German
2: accent ever. That's what it was.
0: But not only that, just a touch of Danhausen peeked through. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, it did. I swear. You listen back, Danhausen hopped in your soul for like five seconds. Oh, my Lord. Oh, yes. And need would hook to save me. Yes. Yes. So, Ludwig Kaiser <laughs> had a match against Shisuke Nakamura. On SmackDown. Shout out to Happy Corbin playing the role of Pat McAfee <laughs> dancing on the table. He is not that, he has not been that entertaining since Broke Ass Corbin last year. So that made me laugh. So Ludwig loses to Shisuke Nakamura via the Kinshasa. And Gunther takes off his jacket, like, oh shit, he's mad. So he gets in the ring and he tells Ludwig, stand up. Mm. And Ludwig stands up. And he presents his chest to Gunther. And Gunther chops the fuck out of him three times. And the fans go from USA, which is so fucking random. USA, USA to Walter, Walter to one more time, one more time. You bunch of masochists. So like this was interesting. So I'm wondering to myself, oh, so now we got some tension between Gunther and Ludwig my guy. And I hope that Ludwig in maybe six months mans up and he beats Gunther's ass because, uh-uh, I'm not getting chopped like this over and over and over again. So I like the twist in their relationship that Gunther does not accept losses under any circumstances because you're going to get chopped if you let him down. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on this latest twist and this dynamic between these, I think, still somewhat uh, Imperium brothers for now, which might not be the case for too much longer?
1: My first thought was, who exactly was the USA chant for? Who, 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 who were they chanting USA for in the ring? I, I just, I'm just trying to figure it out. Was that for Corbin because he was leaning on top of Michael Cole and, and Corey Graves, still strumming his air guitar, like he was still going? Was that what the USA chant was for? I, because I that threw me off. Um, I think this is eventually going to lead to. We're gonna see this a couple more times. Kaiser's gonna lose some matches, and he's gonna keep getting chopped down. And we're eventually gonna see Walter lose a match, and that's when Ludwig is gonna be like, "Hey, stand on up, buddy." You know the crowd's gonna be eating it up. He's like, "Stand on up, buddy," and he's gonna just lay into him a few times. I think that's where the end games. I think they're I think they're gonna stay on the same page, but we're just gonna see that because I I don't know if I want to see Ludwig beat Walter. I don't want to see anybody beat Walter unless it's John Cena at WrestleMania finally getting his intercontinental title or at SummerSlam. I'll take SummerSlam too. Actually, that'd be a, a really nice match for me, even though it looks like we're getting Shinsuke, but I don't want anybody beating Gunther unless it's John Cena for his intercontinental title, his, his lone intercontinental title. I, I just don't, don't think that should be happening, but I do think we're building to Kaiser being like, hey, go ahead, get your ass up so I can lay it back down. That, that, that's where I think we're building with this story.
0: I can definitely see that as well. And John, completing the Grand Slam at WrestleMania would be pretty damn sweet as well. So, Stephen, what are your thoughts on Gunther lighting up Ludwig three times for the people that did not know how to react with USA Walter one more time.
2: <laughs> yeah, the it, the abusive relationship gimmick seems to be coming up here between the two, where he just kind of blames uh, where he, he punishes Kaiser for everything that goes wrong. It was clearly done to drum drum up a little bit of sympathy for Kaiser the way Kaiser played it, uh, and it does seem like it, like every other team in the world, that's going to lead to a breakup. I wrote a piece for Fight Game Media where I said that. Gunther winning the Intercontinental title and Bobby Lashley winning the U.S. title. And I wrote it about a month before uh, Lashley won it. I said, that should be the direction, because if you're not going to have the Universal Champion on a regular basis, and we know Roman is going to be on a reduced schedule, those two can be the titles that kind of carry the show. And they need to be on people that the fans take seriously. Therefore, Lashley And Gunther are great examples of that. I totally agree with Scott. I don't think anyone should be beating Gunther for a really long time. As for Kaiser, I really hope that this is something where they're going to stay on the same page, and this is just how they maintain discipline or whatever, because he's really, really good. He's terrific in the ring. He can talk. He he has a great look to him he's an excellent gatekeeper for Gunther doing just what we saw here is that you have to go through Kaiser to get to Gunther that you can do that in a million different ways. It's been done in, in wrestling history uh, uh, very well by a bunch of different people. The Funk brothers were a perfect example of it where you had to beat one to get to the other. You can do that with Kaiser and Gunther and the matches will be good. So I'm hoping that it's an act that's has some staying power Eventually, though, you got to feel like Kaiser's going to get tired of taking chops and and he's going to to stand up for himself. And I think that the storyline is going to be slowly building that sympathy for this dude, where by the end, the fans are aching for him to finally tell Gunther to shove it. And... Uh, the only thing that I worry about is that it doesn't particularly bode well for Kaiser after that feud is over. (laughs) So, you know, because I don't know what else they would do with the guy. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that Vince would know what to do with, uh, even though he is really talented. And uh, I have the same worry about Angelo Dawkins someday. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I I think it could be something that could drag on for a really long time. But I totally agree with Scott. No one should be touching Gunther. And the the John Cena idea is
0: fabulous. I love that as well. And I'm looking forward to... Bobby Lashley, Gunther, Survivor Series. Yes, If they have the belts by then, that is going to be a battle and I'm going to live for it.
2: Should be great. Yeah, that those two. I'll bet there's some really good stuff in that. And and the nice thing about Gunther is we haven't seen him with everybody. The, the matches will feel fresh and they'll be good.
0: Yeah, he, yes. he feels the first time. And I'm sorry. Go ahead, Keila. I just want to clarify um, a record could be broken. In three weeks, that the IC title would be defended on pay per view for the first time in 18 months.
2: 18 months? Yes. That's real. That's way too long.
0: That's real. That's a, that's, that's a true stat.
2: That used to be the title I looked forward to the most. And I know, like, I, I don't want to keep going back 30, 40 years and things, but and that's. Eh. Man, I mean the Intercontinental title used to mean so friggin' much and it's it's amazing how far it's fallen and Gunther is the kind of guy that can bring it back. He, you're not going to have the universal champion all the time. You know, make that the mostly the focal point of Smackdown. Obviously Roman Reigns is going to be like like a god, he's a god mode hovering above both shows. That's great. I don't have any problem with that. But week in, week out Good Gunther matches where he defends that Intercontinental title. I mean, that's the kind of thing that can make that belt mean something. The way John Cena made the U.S. belt mean something again when he held it and did the open challenges and things. I mean, that put it on a guy that means something, that can have good matches and people take seriously, and people will start to take the belt seriously. And the Intercontinental title deserves that.
0: Absolutely. And I want to do some quick math. I take that back 16 months, which is still pretty it's Still deep. too long, yeah. Yes. As we move on to Lacey Evans turning heel officially. So I'm not shocked. They teased this a month or two ago when Samantha Irvin said, hey, y'all stand up and show the proper respect to Lacey Evans. I knew then here comes the bullshit. And Scott had high hopes for Lacey. He was drawn in by those promos, those deep labored breaths of here we go. <laughs> hey, hey, look,
1: so first of all, Keela, what I don't appreciate is you throwing me some shade because Lacey Evans had me fooled and I was all aboard the Babyface shirt. I was like, yeah, choo-choo, let's get it, Lacey Evans. Here comes Babyface. And boy, oh boy, does she okey-doke me. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> so I just want to say on this show uh, to all the listeners Uh, And and, uh, tequila in particular I should have listened to you I'm sorry That's on me Our truth
0: voice My bad I tried to tell you You were so effusive In your praise for Lacey And, And I sat there I said wait for it because he ain't going to feel that way in about two weeks because I knew something was popping off with Michael being over the top with Lacey's tragic, fucked-up story in her childhood. Like, oh, Lord, here comes the twist of twists. She got booed at Money in the Bank. You knew she was done for then. But I just think that WWE dropped the ball. Lacey Evans is a Marine, a mother, a survivor of domestic violence, and she has been through so much, seen a lot, and you could be an advocate for so many nonprofit organizations for suicide prevention Prevention and domestic d- domestic violence prevention as well. And for WWE not to do that and to use her trauma for heat, come on, it's not surprising. It's WWE. But damn, you had a layup and you missed your shot by overproducing someone's real life pain. They have to market everything. And they ran Lacey stirring to the ground, and now she's a heel for reasons. So Stephen, what is your take on Lacey's hill turn officially this past Friday in Fort Worth, Texas?
2: If you want a perfect example of how out of touch Vince McMahon is, take a look at this angle. Seriously, everything you just listed. Domestic violence, terrible home life, being in, and the angle is, what a fucking crybaby she is. That's the angle. That's what they went with. She's just she's just a crybaby because she, you know, like, oh, she feels like everybody owes her everything now because she went through all that. That's how they decided to portray this. Are you kidding me? But during the whole thing with Lacey Evans, since they aired these vignettes... They really didn't commit themselves either way on her, did they? I mean, she wrestled kind of as a babyface, didn't do anything heelish, but never really did anything good either. She could have saved a babyface that the fans liked. That would have been a big signal. But she never really did anything real good, so the crowd never really went nuts for her. When the crowd didn't go nuts for her, they tried that weird introduction with Samantha where they, that they dropped immediately. We saw it the once, but people didn't go nuts. Why? Because she really didn't do anything bad. She just kind of came out, you know, so everything was just very wishy washy. And it's like they were just saying, well, the crowd didn't just go bananas for. Well, let's try it the other way. See if they go bananas now. No, not then either. I don't know. And so this is the first time they feel like they've committed to anything here. But it does feel like that story was set up to be a resilient woman, a baby face who overcame everything. And it certainly felt more authentic than the early 20th century Southern Belle gimmick that she had been doing before. Uh, it, it seemed like it could have gone somewhere. This could still feel a little bit more authentic, but I just don't know about taking that story with those, you know, very, very current modern issues that people and women in particular are dealing with and making her heel turn be about she's a crybaby because of it. Oof, it just feels a little icky.
0: It really does. And it really goes to the mindset of one Vince McMahon who still holds the book in WWE. Unfortunately, as I check in on perky Scott young, that's really back to salty as he realizes that he backed the wrong baby face with Lacey Evans. So we got beef. Um,
1: I was thinking it over while Steven was talking. I was just deciding whether we was going to have it or not. No so yeah, we got, we got beef. Um, Should I leave the and, room? Uh, no, no, no. you good. you good. We, we, not know, mommy and daddy are st-
2: fighting. I don't want to be anywhere
1: near it. No, nah, we, we air all our stuff in public, you know, okay, we okay. Put it all on, on, on record. That way we got, we got recording to go back on. Um, also very
2: modern of you. Okay.
1: You know, anytime there's a fight breaking out, you got to have your phone on and record it, right? So we figure we we'll would just record the audio. I don't know. Let's shoot um, an angle off it. That's fine. Go ahead. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it, it's like, it's, it, it, it just, you know, I, I think I genuinely, still believe that you had a top tier baby face right there Well, after the first week. Obviously, you know, after that, I should have picked up on, but there was something there and the crowd was, was, was with it. Like you, even after the promo ended, they cut to the crowd and they were standing, they were cheering. They were like, okay, this might be a different Lacey Evans. So I, you know, I think what you both said was right. Like they, you know, they playing games and I don't think it's a coincidence that this woman has come out and said that she's been through all this stuff, and that we're supposed to take it as her being a crybaby and she and we she needs to get over herself. It's not a coincidence of the timing of all of this either. You know, I, interesting. None of, none of none of this is none of this is games. None of this is on accident. There's a reason Vince McMahon is still on creative. There's a reason we didn't know which side she was going to fall on. Like, I you know. I'm that guy that's like, yo, none of that was on accident. This is all like all smoke and mirrors to kind of mirror what's going on. So, you know, it's it's not by accident, man. He knows what he's doing behind the scenes. And it's just uh it's just typical Vince McMahon. That's that's all it is. It's next level subliminal shade, and yeah.
0: you can see right through it. And it's so petty and knowing all the stories out there now, it just makes the storyline even more icky when you really think about it. And that's how Vince operates. Unfortunately, that's why he still has the books for bullshit moments like this. And what a way to cap off Smackdown with a match that was advertised in advance and then they didn't deliver. So I checked my clock. And it was 9.51 Eastern. Yes. And I thought, are they really going to shortchange Drew McIntyre and Sheamus? Two guys that can go out there for 20 good minutes and deliver a hell of a match. And then I look up and say, well, this ain't happening. So Sheamus is going to get on a live mic and say, hey, without saying it, I might have COVID. But <laughs> here's Butch taking my place. Like Michael said, cover your mouth, then <laughs> get out the ring like that is just so tacky, too. So it's Butch versus Drew McIntyre and the uh, the audacity to give Butch, Pete Dunn and Drew McIntyre three minutes. Yeah. Excuse me. Let this be on NXT 1.0. Hell, NXT UK three years ago. Give these two dudes 25 good minutes and they will have a television match of the year. But oh no, let's give two established men 25 three minutes drew wins. And then he goes after shamans with Angela, the sword and we replay WrestleMania as he cut the ring ropes in half with the pyro going off to end this shit show. That was awful. Almost from beginning to end with the exception of Paul Heyman's promo and maximum male models, Despite Max Dupree's shaky delivery regarding Monse and Monsoit's tennis fashion show. But I digress on all of that. So, Scott, what are your final thoughts on the main event angle that was short on time and false advertised for that matter as well?
1: So I, I won't I won't I won't keep us too long because I only have a couple thoughts on this. Uh, my first thought is that is on camera, literally attempted murder. I, I, uh what what else do you call that? He swung a sword at him so that's attempted murder. Um secondly, uh, what what are we doing here? I, I what are, what are we doing with your top baby face on smackdown? Why are we playing games with him? You that's not helping him by beating Butch like that. That's just pissing people off that you did that to Butch. So those are my thoughts. A waste of time, a waste of You know, of of a switcheroo with Drew. If you'd have gave them twenty minutes, I think people would have been okay with the switch. But you did that, you know. You doing, you just WWE doing WWE things.
0: Yes, one final F you to all of us. So, Steven, (laughs) your quick thoughts on this main event on this main event that really wasn't at five minutes or less.
2: Had the exact same reaction you did. It was like, there's no time. They can't do. They can't do this with these two. I I didn't think it would be that lame where they would just kill. butch pete dunn but it was deeply disappointing of course and they're drawing this out they have two months to get to this show in cardiff and they're drawing it out so seamus can eventually put him over so drew can have his big moment there in in, in cardiff in the main event but they have until september so they just decided well we can just kind of string this along a little bit we'll have him go through bush then maybe we'll have him go through ridge then after he goes through ridge there'll be something where he has to chase seamus down in order to get to that spot you know it'll drag it out for a little while longer so that they can finally do it uh, a little bit closer to that event in Cardiff, i think but my goodness is that just silliness and then and then the the, the story that we haven't discussed yet he bent angela I don't know if you saw that. Yes. The prop sword <laughs> bent when it hit the rope, and they, they didn't quite get the special effect right. And now poor Angela's bent. I don't know. Do you just do you just take that back, and do you just get a new one and then pretend it didn't bend? Or do you, you know, you should do a, you should do a whole thing where it's just like, my God, my, my sword. I got to save my sword. And you take it to some sword master somewhere. I don't know how all this works. But, I mean, is he standing there with a bent sword you know, it's just like, oh, my goodness. This is the perfect capper of the night. It was just it was like, like you said, it was just a total crap show. And then the guy standing there with a bent prop sword that allegedly uh, his mother must have been a crap sword maker really is a lesson we learned.
0: Yes, but I know who can fix that broken sword. Who can fix it? Brooks Jensen. He's got a strong hand. Oh
1: my goodness! Man, Jackoff Jensen can't do nothing but smile and look at some tiggle bitties.
2: That's all he's good for. <laughs> he put his hand he on to his... To the table. He put his hand on my sword, and it was straight again. Oh my god!
0: <laughs> the healing touch Thank of god. Brooks Jensen. That's the I'm just saying, like, give it to him, and he'll handle it in more ways than well, one. That was well As... done. <laughs> that,
2: was,
1: that was that was that deserves love right there. That was really good.
0: I'm doing the chompa, pat myself on the back. Very Very proud of myself for that. Yes. What a way to wrap up this show. (laughs) But before we go. You know, we had to rack our brains around what in the hell happened on WWE television that was worthy of being the best damn television match of the week. And I'm going to poll my guys here. So, Steven, you go first. Tell me, did you find anything from Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, hell, even main event? Did you find anything on WWE TV worthy of praise
2: this week? There wasn't a lot to choose from, was there? But I did find something, and it's a... Sign of the times. The best damn television match of the week featured a man barfing afterwards. But the match that I actually did enjoy to a certain extent was Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits defeating Theory, Otis, and Gable on Monday. The action of the match, the angle was terrible. The skits with the barbecue was terrible. It's Vince doing his middle school humor. But the match itself with... Lashley and Dawkins actually had a really good match there. And, and of course, Montez Ford just does something amazing almost every time he's in the ring. Gable was terrific. Otis didn't do a whole lot except look like he was sick to his stomach. Uh, That match wasn't half
0: bad. Uh, I'll take it. All right, Scott, your turn. Any match to sit out to you this week.
1: Yeah, I thought the uh, the best match this week was Miz and Mrs. versus AEW Rampage <laughs> and NXT Two I I still think that's the that's that's still the the big matchup for me. I thought that was the best match this week. Uh, nothing else on Raw, SmackDown, or Two really caught my eye. But if uh, you know, if I had to pick a match, I. would I'd probably say braun versus Car- Braun versus uh, Cameron Grimes I thought that was a re- I- I thought they worked really hard like I thought the match itself was really good. I just don't think the
0: crowd cared Yeah that was very unfortunate hard work but it was not appreciated by that live crowd. They got to get the hell out of Florida I keep saying that but they won't leave unfortunately they're stuck there indefinitely It's a hell space there they can't leave but my pick also comes from NXT 2.0. I'm going to give the nod to Carmelo Hayes versus Grayson Waller for the North America Championship. Was it perfect? No. But you got a WrestleMania-level entrance for Carmelo Hayes, and that pushed it over the top for me because it was a serious matchup that was good for the majority of the time they had, and I love their chemistry. So, therefore, that was the winner for me in a very thin week of matches in WWE Post 4th of July as we put a bow on this week's edition of The Wrap right here on the Viking Media Network. I want to thank Steven and Scott for joining me as always chopping it up with all things WWE.
1: Don't try and be nice now. We still got beef. We're going off the air with beef. We'll see how it goes next week. You know, hopefully WWE gives me something to be perky about. Or uh, if not, you'll have to find that. On the Patreon, $5.
2: Come check us out. Well, our, our goal was to get you from 22 to 25, and last we checked, we were 24 and a half. So we can't leave everybody hanging here, Scott. How did we end up the day? Well,
1: let me let me tell you. When you first of all, well, that's that tequila shade definitely took you down one point five. Let me just <laughs> throw that. They're <laughs> off top.
2: You're already Kila. off top down one point five. And, that was a mournful she, sigh when I asked that question. Just, and she and she knew
1: what she did. She knew what she was doing. Stephen, don't don't let the don't let
2: the sweet laughter fool you. Don't that let, was one hundred percent intentional. Don't let her shade sag you like Angela's sword. Hey, listen, man. Rise above. <laughs> I, I don't. Hey, listen. Put, I, your, put yourself in Jensen's hands. Well, don't do that. Never mind. Whoa!
1: See, see, <laughs> see, see, see. This is what I'm talking about. You know what? And just for that, I'm putting you in the same category as Keila Steven. Oh no, we don't quite have beef. It's all gone wrong. But I'm taking another 1.5 down. I'm I'm, I'm at a 15. You know, I'm just I'm just going down to a 15. That's just let's just cap it right there. Fifteenth, there's the key. I'm throwing it away. I'm gone.
2: Well, it's, it's gonna be another four months before I'm back.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh man. Well, we will see you for Thanksgiving week right here on the wrap. Thanksgiving. If that happens,
1: Thanksgiving. Hey, Thanksgiving. We see, we're not seeing him So day one. We'll see you oh, on day no. one. Oh, no.
0: Now, now it's only fair that he returns if he's going to be gone this long for the second annual rap awards. He must be here sure for that. True that. No doubt. No doubt.
2: Oh, I returned the tux. Because he
0: was our wingman last year.
2: I returned week. the tux. All right. I'll, I'll get it back.
0: <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, he might not be back for four to five months. And <laughs> hey, Listen, this all depends on what type of beef Keela started handing me while you're gone. Yum. You know what I'm saying? So, you better talk to Keela. <laughs> well ho- it's under advisement
2: well hopefully i can make a turnaround and come back because i really do enjoy doing this show and all, all kidding aside i appreciate you keila and and scott listening to me uh go on about uh, vince and all that it's it's been an interesting and heavy week but uh it, coming on here and laughing a little bit was a nice way to end a, a tough week if you're a wwe fan so i'm glad i was able to come and have a few laughs with you guys and i appreciate you having me here
0: We love you for that. And we try to add some levity to a very heavy situation, the best way we know how. And despite our pettiness and saltiness and perkiness, we find a way through it despite our beef getting in the way and it's ongoing beef this is the best feud on fight game media today it's bringing people in five dollars for perky scott when we get along (laughs) once a month but otherwise you know it's what we do so drop that five dollars just in time for the summer slam 05 review coming your way very soon to the patreon you know what to do click the link below that's the best cheap plug i got but for myself for salty and perky scott young and for steven that's a wrap on all things WWE.